And I have a funny you know. story about that band. Because it All was right. also, I think, the first time I ever appeared live. And the first song was Cocaine by Eric Clapton. Yeah. And I was so nervous. I got up on stage. It was like a backyard party. So we were up on this deck. And I completely blanked out on that bass riff. And I just couldn't do it. And which band was this? This was the cover band? The very first time I was ever on stage, that cover band. I don't even remember the name of the band. And I stood there for half the song while the band played. And they were looking at me with mean faces. And I was just like... Which didn't help. I was yeah. basically oh, just yeah. uh, like in shock. I, I couldn't... And then finally I just took a deep breath and it came back to me. And then I was fine the rest of the set. Uh-huh. That's how nervous I got the first oh time goodness. I ever did a gig. Which, unlike Reese, who was just like took to it like a fish in water. Yeah. He didn't just have that stumbling block. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast, bonus episode, We Are Family. In this bonus episode, I talk with Reese DeSantis and Rick Sticks DeSantis. I have to say, I didn't know where this was going to go, but I hope you just enjoy the stories that they tell about how they started playing music and then how they ended up in the Champagne Urbana music scene and what they love about the Champagne Urbana music scene. So without further ado, let's just listen and hear their stories. Reese, welcome on the show. And Styx, welcome on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming out. And I really appreciate um, everyone that, that makes the trip out here because it's sometimes it's, it's fun. It's exciting to be out in the country. I don't get an opportunity to be out here very often. Let's see. Wh- whose list should we start with first? I mean, let's see. We've got, uh, how about we start with Reese, um, who is the son? Um so we have a list of bands, all local champagne bands, if I remember correctly. They're all mm-hmm. um, located, they were located here. So we've got St. Psyche, we've got the first annuals, Bad Columbus, uh, Kirby Jays, and the Ravenettes. Uh, we have Cassius, and finally, Ghoul Jr., so I'm that's yeah, which is old. which is a current which is a current band. I think all the all the Gould Jr. is the current band, and uh, um, yeah, the rest are are no longer unfortunately in existence. Although the, there's definitely people that are still of those groups that are still making music and and right. I mean, like bands when I'm needed, and even you know, like like for I play in a band called Power of Dusk two times this summer oh, yeah. strictly just because they're like. You know, they asked me to fill in on an instrument, and, yeah. and and those two shows. I mean, I played a separate instrument. First time was drums, second time was guitar. Um, and with Gould Jr., you know, they they have uh, Elliot Ross, who's been a great fill in. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, not a fill in. He is the drummer now. <laughs> so I've come back and I've been the fill in uh, since he's he's a, still a student. So when he's gone away up to the suburbs, which is where he's from, and I go back to where, where I'm from for the summer. And yeah. just like, hey, Reese, you know, we we works wanna, out perfect. We want to play some shows. You want to want to want to play the songs here? Yeah, they have, with a, us? they have a big show coming up. Uh, actually, September first, I believe, at the Loose Cobra. 
yeah with, yeah yeah uh, on the dry look and i do um I did Tractor I, Kings. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to the Tractor Kings are probably at this time my favorite champagne or band. And later in this, oh, yeah. later in that month of September, they have another show in Chicago. Uh, still being worked out who's on the bill, but mm. uh, that will be exciting. My personal f uh, favorite venue in Chicago will be at the Beat Kitchen. Oh yeah. Uh, and anyone who's been to the Beat Kitchen is just like what you know. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, excellent. And then I guess sticks. Yes. Let's see. You've been you've you have quite the extensive list, and some of them uh, started off in I believe that was in Boston. Yeah, my, was where you were. That's right. Um, so we've got no vacancy. Uh, that was the first few bands were of my hometown, uh, Milford, Massachusetts. So oh, all right. about forty miles from Boston. And then you just gigged around that area and that kind of thing. Worcester, Massachusetts. Is is the Manaputics next? Um, no, you've got your cover band that you okay. were telling telling That's about right. earlier. See, no vacancy um, actually never did a show. Oh, so does that count? But we practiced for sure. like, uh, Why not? two months. What? Then like I would have like twice as many bands. Well, that was the first time <laughs> I ever got in a room and, and somebody said, hey, let's do a band. I've been in Maybe bands. we did do a show. I don't remember, but it was felt like a band to me because we practiced and, and uh -huh. I had this really cool uh, uh, girl, Lisa Bertnazzi, who was in my high school singing and... It felt like a band to me. Whether we did a show or not, I don't know. And then um, I did that cover band. And then the Manaputics was with some of my best friends from my hometown. Nice. We were doing a lot of shows in Worcester, Massachusetts. All right. So you've, And then Lou Miami and the Cosmetics? Lou Miami and the Cosmetics. Uh, Lou Miami is a Boston Rocks icon. Um, the guy's mm. legendary uh, in the Boston, New York, New England. Yeah, you got to Google Lou to really understand what I'm talking about. I actually roadied with them um, before they asked me to do some shows with them. It was sort of like a glam alt indie band uh, with uh, emphasis on glam. And shortly after I joined the band, he changed the name of the band which could have, I guess, been on the list, to The Neon Desert. And we went all country. What? And we adopted a pedal steel player. Uh -huh. And we started singing country original songs. And in, the highlight of that was in 1987, we opened up for The Cramps. The Cramps. At one of Boston's biggest uh, rock clubs. And there was like 2,500 people in the crowd. So for me, that was pretty exciting. And I got to meet members of The Cramps, Lux Luther and Poison Ivy. Specifically Poison Ivy, I'm a big fan of. But that was nice. exciting. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that was the last project that Lou Miami had put together before he moved to L.A., um, where he got strung out on heroin and, unfortunately, God rest his soul, he uh, overdosed and we lost Lou. Oh, my. Yeah, it saddens me to, to even think about it because he was really such a great guy. Well, the, that's been two, three bands. Yeah. Uh, the Daenerys. Do you want a story about every band? Or just no, I, I was get, just going to do just gonna that. I go ahead and list, uh, just list them off, and then okay. I just thought we could just, like, pick uh, pick. Sure. Things. I'll I mean, I, I do feel it. like we could. We this. I mean, I feel like the collective knowledge between everybody in this room could probably several episodes. Yeah, we'll get back um, probably. So it was like the. Let's see. We were at the Daneros and uh, Inhale Mary was the which uh, was the first band that I actually fronted. 
All right. Um, were you playing playing bass at that time while while singing as well, or exactly? Okay. Singer, songwriter, bass player. Gotcha. Um, and King Moon, Razor, Guns of Elvis, and now we. Now, it looks like San you've Francisco. Correct. Yeah, you you've uh, this is ninety one, and you've moved to uh, San Francisco. I I'm pushing the Deer Deli really hard. Oh yeah, here, but, oh, you know. hey, San Francisco's <laughs> famous chocolate so, tier. So yeah, this is also where I come in in san francisco all right yeah. that's right i took his mother on our very first date was at ghirardelli oh really it really was that's where we went and she had the best time and i'm like i had i had such a good date with yeah. this woman i had just met named kelly i thought she was absolutely amazing she is amazing to this uh-huh. day and I, what a great memory ghirardelli if you've never visited it it's a great place to i've i've heard yeah. you, like all the i'm gonna dig in right now actually yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you, well, you specifically said dark chocolate with, um, with nuts. Yeah, it's, and it's I was a, hoping to get the little like squares nuts. with that, but um, unfortunately, they didn't have like a bunch of where I went. We would usually buy this anyways. Oh, all right, so, sounds good. So you, you did it. Did us fun. Intense dark. He loves dark. So okay, that's good. good. That's thing. all right. Well, I'm all about the endorphins, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the the runner, and I think didn't you even run the night of Svenstock? Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. How did you yeah, hear yeah. that? He was well, see, to... no, no. His thing. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, that's I do that a lot. Actually, I'll run really late at night, and I don't. I'm not uh. keen on telling most people because they just. It's just. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. So I just don't. But like, oh, but, I can cut but, that out. You know. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, like, like it's not, not a big deal. I think. It's um, cool. I just just some yeah. moment. Um, but I, th- I think I just said that because I I was turning down a beer. I'm like, oh, I I, w- I would usually, but I have to go run later, and I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't I didn't want any uh any of the IPA drinking. Oh yeah. <laughs> running don't but yeah yeah i did yeah. i i i got back I'll, home and it was like midnight the time and i went on my 45 minute run i think it was champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support exile on main street exile on main street located in the old train station building at 100 north chestnut street in downtown champagne has been helping to build record collections since 2004 carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week, they can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. I guess I'll get back to this. So you had, uh, we were at Guns of Elvis and now Super Friends. Um, Which was, we just basically got a new drummer and changed the name. Me and from Guns of Guns of Elvis became we, Super Friends. When we got a new drummer and but the guitar player and I stayed together and I liked Guns of Elvis, but those guys teamed up on me and wanted to change the name to Super Friends. And at first, I was against it uh-huh. because I just thought that I didn't like it. You know, I was like, "That's a comic book," but yeah, they so thought great, it would be awesome, name. so they kind of just outmuscled me and we went with it. It seemed to work pretty well, actually. People kind of liked it. I respectfully disagree. I mean, Super Friends is a great name, but. 
Guns, Guns of Elvis was. I might name name my band Guns of Elvis now. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was awesome. All right. Well, the, and the way we got that name was Johnny was on his way back from New, New York, where he was from, yeah. back to California. And he got back into the studio, and he was telling me this story about how when he was in some part of Nevada, mm-hmm. he went to some flea market, and this guy was trying to sell him these guns. And he was saying, these are the guns of Elvis. You know, you should buy these guns. <laughs> and I'm like, that would be a great name for the band. That's awesome. Mark it down. Yeah, that's Definitely. how we, that's how we got that name. <laughs> um, so Creeps in Exile, also in San Francisco, um, and then uh, White Trash Deputants, who which, I went to Japan with. That was one of the highlights of my career. Nice. And was that also through when you were in San Francisco? That was in San Francisco. Okay. Now they're still actually still playing. They're based out of Los Angeles, huh. and Ginger Coyote, who is the lead singer, she is Miss White Trash Debutantes. Um, uh-huh. She has a very famous punk rock magazine called Punk Globe Magazine, and nice. I, I recently saw on Facebook where she just uh, sold like her six millionth copy, so they're having a huge party out in California for her, and I sent a lot of love. I just really love Ginger. That's somebody else that folks should uh, maybe you know look her up on the internet and see what she's done for punk rock music. So to be nice. in her band and be able to tour Japan with her was really, really fun and a, quite an honor. Excellent. And now we come to your current band, which is Bristle, and that's in Champaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, it's, it looks like you took a little bit of time off before you hopped back into Bristle. I wonder why. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Reese, someone got in the way. When, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, when Reese was born, I was actually still playing in The Creeps in Exile, but his mother felt like it would be better for her and for him if she relocated to Illinois. Because oh. she had her family was from this part of the country, so I gave I, you know, gave her my blessing, knowing in my heart that within a year I would move here as well because I wasn't going to miss my son's life. I mean, right? No one wants that, right? Yeah. When I got here, he was three, and then when he was seven, he was. Uh, he didn't like to listen to people. See, he wanted to do his own thing and he was kind of a wild child. Hmm. So we felt like maybe he it was time for him to come live with his dad. So when he was seven, I had the honor of obtaining custody of Reese and uh-huh. he moved to Champaign where I had settled, whereas him and his mom yeah. were in Paris, Illinois. Yeah, it was like single father time and it didn't leave any time for a band. I gotcha. So that was, uh, let's see, what year was that when you were seven? 2002. 2002 or so when he moved in with me. Mm. Oh, yeah. Was, well, the math checks out. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Middle of second grade. And I remember in the middle of the school year, relocating to a new school. And did you encourage Reese to like play instruments oh, at absolutely. all? Or did that just kind of happen? Was it just, no, um, and you guys didn't play together either at no, all. Well, or? he wasn't his, I think my mother had one Christmas got him a, keyboard but but so he was tooling around with that a little bit but in sixth grade i just thought i I just had a feeling that this kid would be a great drummer and i didn't have a lot of money then uh matter of fact i was pretty broke my business really hadn't kicked in yet 
I knew that I had left an old drum set back in Massachusetts with a friend of mine, Bob Stone. I let him borrow it and I never got it back. One of those deals. Like, so like 14 years later. Yeah, I, I still have it. I, I, I didn't even have his phone number anymore. <laughs> that was anymore. my stony impression. He's one of my good friends, but uh-huh. we had lost contact. There was no Facebook then. And somehow I managed to come up with his parents' number, and I called this number, and his mother actually answered the phone. Just like childhood. And said, I said, is this the Stone residence? And she said, yes, it is. I'm like, well, I'm a friend of your son, Bob's, from dean junior college in franklin massachusetts and she's like oh bobby and i'm Uh, like yes can you give me his number anyways i got in touch with bob and said do you still have my old drum set and he's like well yeah i do i'm like well i'm coming back to massachusetts this summer and i'd like to take it back to illinois because my son wants to play drums and so huh. I didn't have to go out and buy a set. Uh, Bob, we went to Bob's house that summer and loaded up the drum kit. Yeah, and we took it back to our little condo on South Mattis Avenue, and he just started playing drums every single day after school. He'd come home in the sixth grade and immediately wow. start playing drums. And the way he, well, actually, how he really got started was I. Uh was pretty good at the game rock band <laughs> so rock it all it, it all started with video games you know exactly. so this whole this whole being a being rock a, band. being a musician xbox thing. um yeah uh, i was he was uh, very good at that game yeah i oh, mean wow. you know i was pretty good at every instrument but you know everyone i guess kind of took to the guitar when we would play you know i guess because guitar hero was already a thing right and um I, uh, yeah, I guess I just really improved at the rock band drums themselves. So what I would do is how the rock band drums work is you just have four pads. And if you know how Guitar Hero works is that you have the colored notes, which come yeah. to the, uh, you know, the bar where you have yeah. to hit them, you know, where it's calibrated. And the drumming's just the same thing, except you just hit the pads of the color it is. So like yeah. on the far left, you have going from left to right, you have red, yellow, blue, green. And typically the red would be the snare drum and the yellow would be the hi-hat. And like your green would be like the crash cymbal and uh-huh. blue would be the ride. And then when you tune fills and stuff, the yellow and blue, which are the two in the middle, would be right. just the toms. The rack toms. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. after a while, you can really kind of catch on to that. Oh, and then obviously, you know, it has the kick pedal too, which is easy, which is just like a, a big orange bar, which just came in between. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so knowing that, it was very easy to transition over to a real drum kit. And sometimes as a way of learning a song really fast, uh-huh. I would just let the track play on Rock Band but play an actual drum set. So I'm also, I'm on, I'm on this actual drum set we got from Bob Stone um, in my room and just watching the track on, on th- this video game. And like, there's a yellow. So I'm hitting at uh, this over snare. crossover. I'm hitting, I'm hitting the hi hats to the oh. yellow. And when the, in the red would come, I'd hit the snare. Um, wow. So, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if just catching on to drums quick was just in my bones or if it, if that was a shortcut. Well, Rock Band, if others, helped. you know. We would go to Best Buy uh-huh. when he was like eight or nine and a crowd would gather. I mean, because Best Buy would fifth, set fifth up or sixth like grade. a drum set. Yeah. 
Yeah, to like to like you know to like right, so like test grade, test out rock band for yourself. You could you try know? it, and a big crowd would gather because most people didn't do the drums very well. Anyway, so I got him the drum set, and I, you know, would be in another room, and within even a week, he'd yeah. play six nights, six times every day, every day. So after even just six or seven days, I was like, man, the kid got a lot better in one week. Yeah, um, and I actually, just kept getting really good. He never had a drum lesson. And I just, after a few months, because I, I, at first maybe I was like, oh, this is going to be a long, arduous process of, right. me, of me having to wear earplugs. But within like a month, I could actually, I thought it was good. And wow. I could, it was sounded good. And I didn't even mind listening. Yeah, and it wasn't sixth grade I got the set. It was a, it was the end of the summer in between us, uh, seventh and eighth grade. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, really? Like okay, my bad. Yeah. I could have sworn you it was sixth grade. But. No, because I because I remember a, a year later is when I joined Saint Psyche. Yeah, as, but what about the drum set. when did you do the talent show <sighs> at Edison Middle School? Yeah, that was eighth grade. That was eighth grade. Yeah, that, that was, was I guess technically oh, yeah oh, that no. that was my first. He performance. did this talent show. So, so <laughs> that was, this is eighth grade for you is Saint Psyche. Psyche, or he, so I joined or freshman so year. like right yeah. after this, like right after eighth grade, right when the, the summer, summer started oh, is wow. when I, is when I joined Saint Psyche because they saw I was posting these cover videos on Facebook, right, <laughs> of me playing like songs from from rock band and other songs too. I mean, I I, I wasn't just limited to that, um, but it was Christian Wilkie. He wanted to j jam with me. Christian Wilkie actually uh -huh. just, just just played Svensok. He played in with uh, this yeah. is a, this is a stick up. Yeah, yeah. Back back then he was in a uh, a, a band that um, when I was involved with Saints Psyche, we played a lot of shows together called the Band Geeks. Uh, Joey Butler drummed for the Band Geeks actually. I remember that name, but yeah, yeah they had yeah, a record yeah. that came out. And Dang. it got stuck in my my truck CD yeah. player, and I've never been able to listen to a CD <laughs> since. To this but day, but you can listen to that Thanks, one all you want, geeks. right? <laughs> After thirteen years, I remember that was the maddest. That was the the maddest Park EP, and they were they were stupid, and they put like paper on the actual CD. Oh yeah, instead yeah. of just like instead of just like making a graphic design printed on it, they like they, they like put a label. They, they a like yeah, label. they put like a sticky label on it. it stuck and, in my CD, and the CD player. <laughs> didn't like didn't appreciate that oh no well and of course i'm sure in a regular cd player it would have been okay but in Th this car, is one it that had like a conveyor belt too it like it like like sucked it in like you know oh okay anyways i'm but really no, big on the sound memories. oh my gosh well um yeah so, yeah so so that's that's really um i how like yeah, it was just me just in my bedroom just making these just like jamming. drum covers and i would go back and like edit them and and then you know have them like have a, a fade in and i would make sure like you could still hear the drums enough to not just the you know because i'd go back and dub in the uh audio track itself to the song i was covering god gotcha. uh, but it wasn't like i wouldn't like mute my drum playing either i would kind of try to make a good balance of whatever sounded good but then cool. yeah and then uh and think think just you know Kirby Kirby Jays was really good friends with Christian and all that crew and right and there was already a drummer. Um, fun fact, I'll say now, every all those bands you listed off that I was in, yeah, I've I've 
I always either joined. I always joined while the band was already a thing. So I, I oh, was yeah. I was either replacing somebody, or I was like a new addition as an as an instrument. Except but for I, Gould Jr. Okay. No, no, Gould Jr. That was already. Or they had a different name because they were from the band Lotto, and they already had a, a show or two before before I joined. Yeah, Dylan, uh, who who was oh, a guitar. F- former guitarist of uh, Gould Jr. He played drums. Oh, and I forget what they were called. Um, they would know, obviously, uh, but because they Gould, Gould Jr. formed. Well, hopefully, of the band somebody Lotto. in the band would know. It's just like, wait, I thought you knew. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like a name and the Vincents. It was like 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 oh like Kurt like rings a bell like Carlos Monti and the Vincents or something like that. So I texted Gould Jr. and it turns out that it was Jan Michael and the Vincents, and oh that was God. that was their band lotto name. And then they did another show, I think, and then and then they asked me to come play. We're getting off. We're getting off track in the order here, but they they, they asked me to maybe come play guitar because they wanted a second guitar player. And when we were jamming, I think Dylan and I just both knew that Dylan was a better gu- guitar player than I was, and uh-huh. I was a better drummer than he was. So we just switched, and it worked out a lot better. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Sticks. Tell me, tell me a little bit about like your impression of the Champagne Urbana music scene. Like, what's what's your what's your favorite thing? What's your least favorite thing? Champagne Urbana, Champagne, yeah, Urbana. To me, I think of them as one city. Uh, for a small city, and yeah. I have spent most of my adult life in larger cities and uh-huh. being involved in the underground music scenes in those cities. I'm impressed with the size and the amount of bands yeah. that uh, are that's going on here. Unfortunately, it seems like at this very moment there seems to be. Well, we had a few really key live venues close, right? Um, but when Matt Talbot came along and opened up the Loose Cobra, so we've had some good things come our way. But uh, it's it's a very vibrant scene. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a lot of really great music. Um, I think it's, would you say it's mostly indie indie bands in this city? Yeah, this say everyone's pretty independent. For a while, people were even saying how, like, there's the Champagne Sound. I haven't heard that in a while, but back in, like, I wouldn't you know, be surprised. 2009 yeah. through, like, 2012, Seems the bands around sense. then. Um, oh, yeah. 
think a big big example of that was like Hank Hank oh, kind of yeah. on and like Roselka um, people were throwing like the champagne sound over at them um, yeah. that term at least um, seems like there's been kind of more a thousand of bands have yeah. come there's, and gone there's, there's kind of a resurgence I, I feel like Braid oh. another one oh yeah well and I was going to say a little bit more leaning towards some noise kind of experimental yeah, sounds and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like the shoegaze kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It's uh, the champagne sound kind of is this like shoegaze slash punk slash uh, I don't I don't know what to call it. Call it because. Yeah. It, Who cares what to call yeah, it? You know what I mean? I mean, true. like, I guess it's, I guess, like, you know, all these, like, genres and, like, sub-genres. Yeah, it's, it's, it's helping us communicate, but I mean, you know, like, it can, you just, you just got, you just got to hear it. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then whatever your interpretation of it is your own subjective interpretation. And I would certainly second the, the lack of venues happening. And actually, that seems to be a pretty days. common answer yeah. from, from most people. Although, I feel like it, pushes the diy scene oh, to be more thriving i i feel like it's coming yeah, back it's com- com- yeah. it, it comes i've and this is what i've just talking to people who have been around for a while here and what i've come to notice and they're just kind of solidifying what i thought it it definitely comes in waves the first show i ever went to was uh the jfk house uh, i don't know if you remember I'm that i'm not and even then, aware of that one and then error house was one of these the dude ranch Oh my um, gosh. American footballs. What was their house called? I don't think it was a venue. I think they they just lived there, <laughs> <laughs> and then put it on an album cover. Yeah, put it on an album cover. When I discovered they, that band, we're, I didn't even know that like they were from Champagne for a while. You know, yeah, and that that, yeah. that that made that just piqued my interest even more. And and some of their live recordings are from the original Blind Pig, Blind Pig yep. and oh, it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. So I I guess Reese, do you have anything to say? Uh, about the music scene in general and and like if there's anything that you think of as well i mean you know you know since this was where i spent you know my youth i didn't move from city to city and then come here in, yeah in my 30s um so it was a lot more formative for me yeah um i think before i got involved in the diy scene i didn't really know anything about even like the phrase what a music scene was you know i didn't really really know anything about that i think i'd I'd been to the canopy club like twice first show i ever went there was in sixth grade dad took me to see guar oh Oh, that was (laughs) amazing yeah that was a fun show um because i i know guar from back in the day uh um and they would come to my loft in boston after their shows and hang out and party all night long so when I saw yeah. they were coming to Champagne, I'm like, "This is he's in sixth grade, perfect yeah. time to turn him on." To yeah, <laughs> shock rock. Uh, nice. And we sat up in the balcony where it was sort of safe, uh-huh. and we wouldn't get blood spewed on. And right. us. I'm sorry. Actually, I mean, like, I I was in bands before I went to my first house show. I, so I guess my introduction was was with Saint Psyche and just practicing in a basement with other other people in Saint Psyche at Kirby yeah. Jay's house. At Kirby Jay's house. Yeah. And just have to go pick them up. And I mean like the first show we ever did was like it, by Dallas and Company. Remember that? Yeah, I do. In front and back of uh, yeah. Cubby Knox's father's like, studio. They called it they called huh. it the kids are all right fest or Christian Wilkie like to call it cock fest. <laughs> <laughs> that like like that was that was he was 
I was, what do you call it? I remember it? that show, A Hot Summer Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bands like Blood for the Masses um, yeah. were, were yeah. active then and played. Was Caleb in that band? Yeah. We saw him play in his most recent band this past July. War of Ages. Is that uh, right? At um, Oops, uh, Audio Feed. Audio Feed Jeez. out at the uh, Champaign County Fairgrounds with, well, Gould Jr. Yeah. paid. Jim Eisenmeter's Festival Audio yeah, Feed. Yeah. And wow. um, and then Bristol played, so we Reese and I both got to play the same festival, which was kind of fun. I was going into high school, so it was the summer summer in between middle and high school, and they were they were all going into their junior year. Everyone else who was in uh, Saint Saki, so you know, I was sort of just just the incoming freshman, I guess. Baby I, in I, the house. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really talk talk all that much. I was just back there playing drums but they liked what they were hearing and it was a lot of fun for me uh the imc was by far the most popular venue that crowd that that like high school crowd back right. then we all played with uh an evening w- with, with your mother we played so many shows with them like i said earlier the band geeks we played a lot with first annual holy cow i must there. have seen i i think i saw that it, it, it was before uh joey had joined yeah. An evening with your mother, right? And yeah. it was just, and it was just the three of them, and and then, but Band Geeks played that night, right? At uh, IMC, they, they played a lot, lot of shows together, and as Dad just said, the band that followed Saint Psyche. That's, so Saint Psyche only lasted like, like the fall of that was the fall of two thousand ten, um, and then just fell apart. That's just how, how it goes, and yeah. not long after. Uh, the second semester of school started, and I decided to take up as an elective music survey with Centennial Choir Director uh, Marion Wyatt. It was teaching uh-huh. that, and I had uh, had uh, Nate McDuffie um, was was in there with me. He was a senior; I was a freshman, and um, him and I just kind of hit it off. He he was really into uh, Sublime and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I think that's just I think that was like our first conversation, just sitting in, in the back of the choir room. Because uh, he, he had like huh. a Sublime T-shirt on or something, and you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to a senior. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna make friends with 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 a senior being a freshman. And I was already kind of jamming with this uh, kid from Saint Joe. Uh, his name was Will Barker, and but him and I had just, were just jamming. Um, I would go over to Saint Joe. He had a, uh-huh. a drum set there, and he he was pretty good at guitar, and he he already had songs, and he had a big pedal board, and I would just kind of jam with the songs and. Um, we actually played the first uh, first first annual show was with the other bassist because first annuals like I said was already a band like uh-huh. all the other bands yeah and so they already had a bassist and a drummer uh, but Will wasn't getting along with the drummer so I started jamming with him and and um, I think just the the bass player just got busy mm-hmm. and uh, so this 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 kid who I met in music survey Nate. Uh, when I found out he played bass, I'm like, you should come jam with me and this other guy. Uh-huh. And Will was also a senior at uh, St. Joseph Ogden High School. And um, so he came over to jam and the vibe was, the vibe was right. But, and we moved our rehearsal space from St. Joe to Nate McDuffie's attic. In Champaign. Off of uh, Green and here in, in Champaign. Uh, Green nice. Street. And um, yeah. We, yeah, we have a lot of good memories of uh and and the, the winner of uh the 2010 2011 school year 
of uh you know a lot of we had a lot of snow days my freshman year of high school and we would just spend those snow days just up there in the attic just working huh. w- working on songs uh once nate joined the band we just wrote a lot of n- new songs and since we were all high schools and i was really involved with that high school scene i was with with saint psyche yeah. and the members of saint psyche were still you know going to shows and everything too uh, again p- primarily just at the imc i mean that was that was the hangout spot wow uh, sometimes places like the iron post too um but you know I, I am, it was just hard to find all ages venues you know that's, that's yeah, that, that was absolutely. just that was just a, a thing yeah. back then um and yeah, the first annuals got involved, and we played a lot of shows with the band Geeks and a lot of shows with an evening with your mother, mm. and a few shows with both of them at the, the same time. So who knows? Maybe you saw the first annuals. I, it, it's very likely. It's very likely. I was but, probably um, there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, huh. and the first annuals lasted for a while in the midst of playing with the first annuals. Again, just just mutual friends within the IMC high school scene. Uh, there was this band called Bad Columbus, and uh, it was just Patrick Shea, Max Stragu. They're they just two kids who are actually my age and, and not, uh-huh. not old as seniors, uh, who were uh, just a duo. Max played guitar, and um, Patrick played ukulele, and they were huh. over at Urbana High School, and they were prospective about maybe just having a drummer, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I just jammed with them, but I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna try something new. So instead, I just I had a very minimalist kit. Just had um, a floor tom, a snare, bass drum, and a cymbal, like really up high that I kind of had to like reach up for just just, just to be and weird and goofy. Uh, I mean, I, I would play with the hi hat sometimes, but when we recorded, I didn't ever use the hi hat. Uh, but you know, so, 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 so that was like all in the midst of like just beginning high school for me. So just, just, just being in this community where, you know, we're all expressing ourselves and supporting each other already. Granted, you know, it wasn't a big community. It was, there was just, you know, there was always like the same people going to the same shows. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I went to that, that show, um, and at, like at freshman year at the JFK house to learn that's all. Oh, this is a whole other community now. And this, and like you, then there are like people, guys doing, playing, getting loud music in shows. I mean, right. I mean like in houses. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> you could play in, in no, someone's, some in someone's basement. Best memories of your, because it was, that was like, kind of like, that was really new and exciting um and just polarizing from what i was used to is just like guys who are way older than me uh just in in the basement uh just drinking beer and like moshing and like hanging on the pipes in the the basement i mean i mean like the crowd like the the, the house show scene back there was was crazy people people got comfortable really fast really yeah yeah I, but 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 again, with that too, it was a lot of the same Must people. Have had higher ceilings, coming, though, right? 
Um, so yeah, yeah, you were. Because I was gonna say, knocking like, blips, your head, blips and shits. It's always like, and, just and, and a especially bit of over at, at Vince's place. You like, oh, I, I hit my head and Kasha to Sasha all the time on this mm. big pipe they have, and before you walk the door, I probably will hit again. Um, <laughs> That's why I can't go to those venues. I'm too tall. But yeah. at I'm mean, Air House, Nathan Landoy. Although I do like blips and shits. Nathan Landoy, who uh, who started Air Records here in uh-huh. Champagne. Um, he's been a huge part of of have been a huge contributor to the Champagne or Bennett music scene uh who relocated to Asheville now which is where, where i'm at um but he, he had a house first it's called uh error house okay. and uh he would have a shows at, in his basement and there's another house called dan Aykroyd. um kyle long of the band easter remember, yeah. remember easter yeah, yeah. he had a house called garfield's garden there were a lot of options back there we had oh, a smorgasbord back then yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and Man. And and so and so that and and again like I was I, I I was still just just trying to like you know figure out who I was and everything and right and uh, I don't know I I was connecting with with people at at shows um, and just the more kids who were more artistic um, at the uh, connecting with them more than I was I guess at my high school uh, because. You know, when you were playing these shows and even just just going and watching these shows, it was it just it became this like release of just all this like built up teenage angst, I guess. Yeah. You know, and uh, huh. it, it was it was it was definitely it made it made life kind of just free flow and more fun, I, I suppose. So for me, that was more formative. I feel like that definitely had a huge influence on me. I was going to ask, ask you about the, the formation of Bristle, like how that all happened. Um, well, uh, let's see. I think Reese finally reached an age where I felt like uh, he was going out and going to these house shows. Uh-huh. And, um, he was independent, and I just felt like, okay, I can start going out again. And just got a little bit, certainly got more involved with, at first, just going out and being checking out champagne urbana bands uh my favorite band even still uh in the top three or four bands of uh, terminus victor oh yeah uh, really yeah. a heavy a heavy rock band that i i have a lot of r- respect for that band and their songwriting and their musicianship um uh, but no just started going out in general for you know um enjoying a lot of the local music and there was probably uh, maybe it's a smaller city maybe i was starting to get a little bored and i thought you know what i need to create some excitement in my life yeah and i knew uh, i had the ability to sing and write songs i had done it in the past uh to me it was just it's a no-brainer it's really not that hard to do for me these songs sort of come out of me and I had the background, so and I knew there was a thriving music scene here. So yeah. you know, even though I was uh, in my fifties, uh, yeah. I didn't let that you know deter me. 
And again, I, I think it was mainly that I, I wanted to create some excitement. I missed being on stage. I, I took a, boy, at that point, it would have probably been 15, 16 years uh, mm. since I had been on stage. So I had some new, some new songs that I had been, uh, I'll sit in the living room with an acoustic guitar and probably a couple of years leading up to me deciding to form a band, um, I had been i had wrote a few new songs and yeah as a songwriter when i hear a song that or a part of a song that i feel like is appealing i just have this something is driving inside of me that i have to bring it to the people yeah i mean there are some musicians i think that can get a ton of joy sitting in their own bedroom yeah strumming their guitar and writing songs but unless i bring it to the people that's sort of like the real test you know, and especially hmm. if I think it's good. I mean, it's just, what good is it if no one hears it kind of thing? So uh, I first, my first venture into the Champagne band and music scene, I actually didn't even have a rock guitar player. It was uh, myself, a viola player, and a drummer. And of course, I play electric bass. Uh-huh. And we uh, worked up a bunch of my originals. It, his name was Nathaniel Dixon who actually played with quite a few uh, Champaign-Urbana bands um, while he was playing even in my band. But it was really, a, obviously, a pretty cool experience to... It was my first time playing with a, a violinist or a viola player. And he would play electric He violist. played electric viola, and, we, and no guitar at all. It was just a three-piece yeah. viola, bass, and drums, and we did one show yeah, like a distortion at the I4C which Reese and a bunch of his friends came to, yeah. which was really awesome. And I thought we sounded amazing. Uh, and we again, we were called Simple Biscuit People. Simple and Biscuit People. unfortunately, the very next day... That wasn't on the list. That's right. I forgot. It's another... Well, I mean, it became Bristle, but you still had other bands that were the same band. Just well, what happened is that drummer, <laughs> and that drummer got engaged and basically quit the band shortly thereafter. Mm. So... After working on four, these songs for over two months, we did a show and then he quit. So it's like, oh man, you know. So a few people had mentioned to me some of the older cats on the scene about this this dude named Mike Prasad, who was uh -huh. supposedly this uh, multi-versed uh, instrumental guy. He could play guitar, he could play piano, he could play sax, he could play drums, he could do it all. And I, I, I had seen this cat around. He's got really long dreadlocks, and he, he seemed like a, a pretty cool guy, you know. And yeah. and I just felt comfortable around him. So I had started even before Simple Biscuit People. I was in, I was starting to think about doing a band, and I had asked him, "Hey, you interested in you know forming, you know, do jamming with me?" And he had kind of turned me down a few times, but. Um, after this drummer had quit, I ran into him again and I asked him again and I guess mm. I just caught him at the right time. Yeah. And so he came up to my studio, which I had on Ray Street at that time, about two and a half years ago and started showing him some of my songs and he just seemed to be having a good time. Um, so we recruited uh, a guitar player off Craigslist and uh, adopted the name Bristle, which wasn't an easy process because, you know, it's hard uh. to get three people all on the same page agreeing on a band name. Right. So, um, 
And we got our first show. Uh, Isaac Arms granted us our first show at Mike and Molly's, the upstairs. Uh, um, and that was exciting. It was exciting to yeah. be back on stage after 16 years singing in, uh, you know, my originals. is One of the greatest joys in life is to be on stage uh, over and singing over a loud PA songs that you wrote. I don't know if you've ever had the experience, but it's just a fantastic feeling. Yeah, Gould <laughs> so, Jr. was my first experience getting to do that. Um, I mean, yeah. this, this, the track My Sabella was just something I decided to throw in at the last moment. and um, Sing lead vocals on. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. like Fun. play drums and sing and... Uh, Mm. Yeah, it's it's it was it's it's something. I have a new client um, named Graham Edwards who just moved to Champaign Urbana from Hollywood, mm. where he was a, a Grammy Award winning producer working with such acts as Corn and Avril Lavigne, and he uh, I was talking to him the other day and he's expressed a, a sincere interest to stop working with Champaign Urbana bands. And he wants to get involved with the scene. He's going to continue to produce wow. from his stu new studio in his home in Southwest Champaign. But he doesn't want to just limit himself to what he's done and what he's known right. from the West Coast. He wants to, he moved here to get involved with the local music scene and bring his talents and his contacts to benefit us all here in Champaign-Urbana. And he, uh, him and I were talking about uh, Earth Analog Studios in uh, Tolono. Mm -hmm. And he wants to work with Matt in that studio and record with bands. So, Matt Talbot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this guy just kind of landed here like last week. And he's yeah. excited about becoming, uh, you know, somebody that uh, is, you know, could potentially be pretty influential hmm. and have a real positive impact on our local music scene here so excited yeah. to meet this guy and i'm, I'm glad i'm his handyman nice <laughs> yeah. well it's, i guess speaking of of matt talbot over at the loose cobra have have any of you gone over during their second sunday songwriter i don't know it used to be called the second uh sunday songwriter snake pit or something like I've that i've never I can't heard remember. of that of you but um, I have, yeah. They I just did one this past it. Sunday that this, was very successful. Oh, it I, was, I read. Uh, I didn't go, but I, I guess Matt said it was really a, just a joyful Sunday afternoon. He did. He played a solo song. Like he I played. Heard he had he a new played role. acoustic oh, wow. and he sang. And yeah, and it was very personal. And it was very like just Man. him. I'm I'm gonna try to get him on the show for just to talk about that song it was great it was wonderful yes. um but i mean what's, what's hello neat future is matt talbot on the show <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was great about it, it about that actual event is it's 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 kind of a, if you've been in loose cobra it's kind of a narrow narrow bar with kind of a, a a stage that's not huge and not a big audience area so you're not necessarily intimidated uh and it's and it's a venue that well this event sorry is set up so that you can um if you're just working trying to workshop a new song if you're like i want to just try this in front of some new people you can do that wow i wish um, i knew about that before i left or it's probably something that just hopefully it keeps right? going but yeah it's it's yeah. once uh once a month on the second sunday so um 
you know, uh, when are you coming back in June or something, or, or at well, least Christmas over break. Christmas break. Yeah, 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 Christmas break. We'll see. Hopefully, so we'll you have went one. Sunday and saw him perform that song. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I, I I feel like I didn't do anything, but if you want to be like congratulatory about that, that's cool. No, just I'm the fact just... that you were there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was there. No, I, um, <laughs> did you perform? Yeah. No, no, no. I I I've gotten as close as I was also having, having my having my acoustic there but then i was just like no nah, that's all right think about bands like nectar you know where uh, it was camila that, that right. was just doing these things as a yeah. solo and then it it built up to mm-hmm. having yeah having a sean band. too with uh with single player i oh, mean right. his, yeah. his first release was just him and an acoustic guitar right i remember he had a he had a the, the song was uh i have three words it's all in my mind and that was just such a, a, a hit song to me and uh, oh, wow. then, then the next one i think he just i think it was just him and electric and and next thing you know he's he's has he's recording with a full band and on mm-hmm. tour with a f- full band yeah yeah they played uh they played at svenstock last year yeah and that was that was a that was a good when is the I mean, next oh, svenstock are you gonna do something it should be winter sh- no, no, it, I, I do it. I do annual? it. As, um, yeah, I, it's uh, annually. It's on the first. No, it's it's annually. Okay. <laughs> on the first uh, s- first Saturday of August. So I think okay. that's August third or something like that. Um, Is it always? Uh, uh, does it? F- uh, always evolve around girls rock, or was that just your theme this year? Um. So. Girls every other CD. every other year, I do it for Immerman Angels, Immerman Angels, which is the who who I uh, fundraise for um, all the time. Yeah. Ex, 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 not exclusively, that's the wrong phrase, but it's the one that I, I fundraise for all the time, consistently through every year, especially then, especially through his running. Yeah. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's yeah. awesome! Uh, when, um, when when I when I did the uh, the four K, mm-hmm. um, our service day in Chicago was at Immerman Angels. And they that was that was great. They were Are so you wonderful. Really? Yeah, yeah. Our service day, uh, we got to help out with the uh, the like they do a breakfast five k. Yes, yes. Uh, the yeah, brunch yeah, run. Yeah, the brunch yeah. run. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah we, we we got to help uh, set up the packages for that. Oh yeah, and oh. Um, they were great. I, I we we talked to the the, the founder. And yeah. uh, just you know the head head staff members and they were just so cool to us and they're like if wow. if, if you guys ever need like an internship or something and you're in Chicago just hit us up. That's great. Wow. So and that's the 4K running. is what you you yeah run. yeah, yeah. Th- through the Almond Cancer Fund for young adults. Wow. Yeah, that was back in the summer of 2016. Wow. And are you still doing? Uh, you still fundraising? Yeah, working with them at all? Um, or? I mean, like when. Once you the, the once once you do the 4K, I mean you're a 4K alum for life, and you know oh, it's a, it's it's okay. it's definitely like a, a community we stick with. That we have a, a Facebook group called Four Couch, so because mm. because every every year there's a new team, and there's also there's also a, a bike team too, and so since we're all scattered across the country, it's like if you ever you ever need a place to sleep on, because the thing was when we were traveling across the country yeah. doing the run or or the bike ride, that's you know we were just be sleeping in our sleeping bags in on Gym someone's mediums. floor or oh. a, or church pews yeah um whoever would host them right but i just i remember like that was my first impression of Aaron angels and i feel like 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 that year i, I think i only knew that you were involved with that and and uh, at that huh. level and i'm like oh man yeah Aaron angels that's why yeah no i haven't told this story yet on on the podcast but uh during this is a stick up once upon I, a time Yes, once upon a time. Uh, 
uh, during the this uh, this is a stick up show i uh looked over and to the side of the stage uh on on our deck there was a group there was a group dancing a little bit and moving around and and i and i asked our sound guy uh jordan um i said well what's what's that about why aren't they up front he's like oh well they they wanted to be backstage that was their thing and i was it's, it just made me laugh because I was like, oh, Jordan. that's just beautiful. And I was like, I, I, it made me so happy because... Well, it, I was up like, there, so I was, I was glad you were okay with that. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's fine. I mean... And speaking that, of Jordan... I try to make sure all the chords are, are, are out of the way so there's nothing anybody could, could do up there that would... It, disturbed it, the thing but i, I it was beautiful it was very free-flowing too like you just like oh you can just just go wherever you know very chill yeah, yeah. chill vibe no i well, just excellent. thought jordan did a really really nice job on sound that day yes yeah. he did uh, he did he I, very well band had a nice mix and that's not always the case uh, I, well live performances so you can, <laughs> if you have a guy that kind of you know knows what he's doing and he proved yeah. to me that he does he's one of the better sound men in town i i like to say that that sven stock um uh happens and works well in spite of me but because um i have people in my life like jordan that will uh be supportive and and um always saying like where do you need me what do you need me to do how do you how do you what do i need to do to help this get off the ground support a good cause and uh he's also very helpful with um i i also put on a show at um at exile on main street called give a little and i do that in october february yes they did yes they did um and yeah that was for the jubilee cafe and yes. uh, that was in February. Um, Jubilee Cafe it, across from Cafe Espresso on yes, John yes. Street. Something. Yeah, it's 6th and Daniel. Okay, 6th and Daniel. Um, right, because but then, yeah, then, then, that, then that, in, the that, in the basement of the CUCC. Then are you, a, are you a parent at this point? No. Okay. No. Well, I got to tell you, if you're ever lucky enough to be a father, uh-huh. uh, one of the greatest joys in parenthood is watching your children participate in anything, whether it's athletics yeah. or with Reese, it was both athletics, his running, his cross country and track and field and going to see them perform, in my case, performing in, in bands. It, it just doesn't get any better than that. Wow. It's great watching your kids perform at anything. And I feel like a lot of kids so a, a lot to of kids too at that age would always kind of be like embarrassed of having their parents there but I mean I I thought it was cool that you know he came out to support me and I mean like everyone else thought it was it was it was even cooler. Um, That's yeah. Great. For yeah. the most part his friends liked having me around. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. So, Maybe I, it's because you know he, cool. he like like he was able to get along with them well. <laughs> Still a child at heart he is. Amazing. Uh, I love playing with Reese. His drumming style is, he just brings so much energy. He, I think he has very tasteful licks. Uh-huh. Um, he doesn't overplay, but he's not a boring drummer either. You know, he, he, he knows when to accent and when to show his chops, but yeah. then he's in the pocket when you need him to be in the pocket. So... No, gotcha. He's a talented little guy. I, I think that uh, you know he's I'm just so, a boy. He's so young. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. uh, he can take his career wherever he wants it to, and he's he's got a, a long life ahead of him. That's amazing. So yeah, yeah it'd be I'm great. Excited about his future. 
I, I do want to just finish up about Bristol because we are putting out a new record. Yeah. We're two and a half years into the band, and we started recording this thing with Caleb Means in his uh, home studio in his basement on yeah. John Street. Um, I, I, I hadn't worked with Caleb, but I, I got to say, the guy's an incredible sound engineer. We're really, really pleased, and I found him super fun and easy to work with. He, he he has a lot of great suggestions, but he's not pushy. It took a while. By the time we got the artwork done and everything mastered, and today is the day. Just coincidentally, today awesome. is when FedEx... The FedEx truck rolled up and dropped off 100 CDs on my front steps. Oh, man. So as of today, uh, I, I haven't done a whole lot of promoting, but the Bristol CD is out. The one sad part about it is is that I don't really have a full working band to, to promote the album. We're working with Don King from Terminus Victor. Ah. He's done a few shows, three shows with us over the last month and a half. He's an incredibly busy guy. He's also in three or four bands. So um, it's been a little challenging. We're, uh, we're, we're getting together a, um, a record release party at the Cowboy Monkey, but without having a guitar player that's on board and has the yeah. time, it's difficult to book shows. Yeah. So that's a little bit of, of something I'm trying to work through. But we're real proud of the record. Um, we're excited that it's coming out. And we are going to be publicizing it and doing yeah. a little bit more to make sure people have an opportunity to listen to the record. It cool. is very good. Thank you. Thank you. Reese. Excellent. So uh, what's the what's the name of the album, did you say? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, the album is called On Tap. On tap. I'm mad at myself for leaving our home uh, without bringing a copy to you, Sven. Um, I will definitely get well, you I'll, a copy. I'll, I'll just, I'll just show up at your at your show and buy okay. one then. Yeah, definitely. All right. Definitely. Well, actually, um, the f the first hundred copies are free. What? The first one hundred copies of my CD will be given away. Oh, yes. Well. So oh, you will be you will get one. All you right. will not have to pay for it. Oh, just gotta be the first hundred. The <laughs> That'll first be the hundred. first hundred, and then I'll probably order uh, one hundred more, and I will sell them for most likely ten dollars each. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Reese reminding you. This is Sticks reminding you. Great music is out there. Great music is out there. Go find, find it where you live. wasting lots of time well damien duffy after dark podcast might just be right up your alley brought to you by blue box studio <laughs> you did five four three one two that's confusing wait yeah there we go okay, okay. so you want okay. me to bunt
got it. Because <laughs> it's hand gestures oh. that no one can see. Yes. Anyway, okay, let's get ready. We're going to do the commercial. I'm going to do it right now. You ready? Here we go. Do you hate yourself? Do you wish you felt like you weren't a piece of shit? Listen to Damien Duffy After Dark and learn that there are people dumber than you. Damien Duffy After Dark. After Dark. After Dark. Like an adrenaline shot for your self-esteem. Speaker on the 